1: Welcome back, everybody, to episode 17 of the Jebboard podcast podcast. Uh, this week, we have Nick Noah back off of his flu suspension. Uh, also with Green us game. is the uh, Jimmy Graham supporter, Caleb Naylor, and then Kyle's back on here with us. Uh, Kyle, I felt like we just talked about this, but how did you like that uh, Green Bay game?
2: Yeah, um, you know, Grayson, it's it's pretty hard to make us people of wisconsin hate somebody but joe barry did it i mean that's that's like making a bunch of canadians pissed off and that's that's almost impossible so there you go
1: you took the words right out of bb's mouth yeah
0: i was about to say you practically admitted that you are in fact canadian and bb's not here to hear it so
1: damn if it was, if there was a Canadian Civil War, I feel like it would. The North would be Canada, and then the South would be North Dakota, Montana, Washington, uh, Wisconsin. And We're seceding
0: from Canada. You're not in Canada. We're seceding <laughs> from Canada.
1: You don't have a choice.
3: Is that why you don't know football, Kyle? Because you're Canadian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have the CFL. <laughs> Our goalposts are ten you yards. You see the in way front. they
2: do those. <laughs> Freaking punts in that league. uh oh, this gives me a headache. Trying so to this is that out. also
3: Kyle admitting that he watches the CFL.
1: Okay, it's fun. I don't care. And because you're Canadian. I bet the C- I bet watching the CFL is like watching the Pac-12, honestly. Like, Aww. it's really just hard to watch. And you have to watch it at weird times. I bet they play, like, at Tuesdays at 9 a.m. I bet that's when their games are. It's like, I oh, we can't. I only watch, I watch uh, the highlights on Twitter. So yeah, Kyle, we, we can't we can't they can't play it like times they for like getting like the way of bbc or whatever weird canadian shows CBC. like
0: so Kyle here here here's my question do you have a cfl team
2: i know i only watch the highlights i, I really do like the punting in that game like i said is weird where they can i think you the punt goes 5 yards you can recover your own punt and it gets you a first down
0: Okay, let's move on from Canadian football. I'm already <laughs> – This is terrible.
1: Yeah. Well, moving into our highlights, um, one of the highlights we have this week is just unexpected QB play around the league. Um, I know a big one in my head that I can remember right off the top of my head was um, uh, Jake uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff scoring uh, – I mean, he scored 31 points in fantasy, but he had like 200-something yards and five touchdowns. So, uh, and then, of course, Nick, I think you mentioned... uh, Jake Browning. Jake Browning, yeah.
3: Yeah, a little legacy game for him because, I mean, nobody really expected Jake Browning to come out and throw for almost 350 and a couple touchdowns, and Jamar Chase was hurt. So, it wasn't even like, you know, Jamar Chase was doing all that during... Because, I mean, Jamar Chase only scored about 10 points in fantasy, but... Jake Browning was still able to put up 300 because uh, T Higgins scored two touchdowns. So I'm glad that, uh, yeah, I'm glad that BB sat him in fantasy. Yeah.
1: Another one is uh, that we're not thinking about is uh, 48 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, but that was only half of the touchdowns that uh, (laughs) that the Raiders scored. Uh, yeah. Brock Purdy had a, a pretty decent game, two hundred and forty-two and four touchdowns. I mean, just all kinds of. Uh, Gardner you yeah. had twenty-two, fifteen with three. Yep. And it's then a very
2: good Stiller's defense.
1: Yeah, and then I mean the creme de la creme, the just the icing on the cake, Baker Mayfield with three hundred and eighty-one yards and four touchdowns with the first ever. Perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. And man, like I said, that is just a cherry on top. It's beautiful. It's it's almost like it's almost like I picked them to win last week because I knew Baker Mayfield was just gonna do dirty things to the Packers defense.
2: Who the hell plays soft coverage on a full no, never. Mind. Not nothing. So, well, so you, you you don't have to you don't have to
1: save it now. Here's the content. Here's I where you say, say it.
2: Yeah, say it now. Okay, it's it's a third and twenty four. They're at the fifty, and you're trying to keep them out of field goal range. Yeah, let's play soft coverage. Yeah, what a f- genius.
1: Yeah, that would be the same. Um, the I figured that would be the same team that is now one and two against the NFC South. So, rough start for whatever that is a second uh highlight that we have is uh james cook james cook actually had i mean for his standards against dallas the number one defense in the league the guy had 179 yards just rushing with a touchdown and then he also added 42 yards off of two catches and a touchdown had a monster game Against Dallas,
3: James Cook is <laughs> I've said it throughout the entire series of Jeb Board quietly one of the premier backs of this league. When mm-hmm. Josh Allen is throwing interceptions, Josh Allen did not have a great game. Um, Nine yards, exactly. But James Cook, I mean, this has been all season now, not to this caliber of a two hundred yard performance. But James Cook is, I think, like thirty thirty yards away from a thousand yard rusher, mm-hmm. and so I mean, James Cook is looking very, very good.
1: At what point? I mean, because he he has to be,
3: he has to be the
1: like you said, the premier back, the the number one back in uh, Buffalo at this point in time. At what point in time do they maybe reevaluate their offense? And go more run heavy with a guy like that. Because the uh, one thing I do want to admit before we talk about this a little bit, he had the most carries this week by eight through the whole year. He had a, 17 against Vegas. He had 17 against the Jets. And then he had 25 against Dallas. So at what point do they say, okay, well, when we give the ball to the guy, he he can make things happen. Why don't we start doing it more?
2: I let Josh Allen throw six more interceptions, then they can start talking about it.
1: But yeah. uh, I, I don't I think, think they'll go full
3: them. full rushing. I think they'll be more balanced. Um, no,
1: for sure, I'm I'm saying more along the lines of like instead of him getting pull it back up real quick, instead of him getting.
3: I mean, they should probably go fifty fifty for an air raid.
1: <laughs> well, looking at it, I mean, he had ten carries for 58 yards, 5.8 yards a carry against Kansas City on the ground, and then added another 83 yards receiving. He had 16 for 43 against Philadelphia, 17 for 73 against the second game against the Jets, 12 for 109. So at what point do you say, again, this, this guy, this, this guy can average a decent amount of yards per carry. And the offensive line seems competent. So, why not run the ball a little bit more? Give him give him those 25 carries. Let Josh Allen take down the amount of throws that he's throwing a game. That that would break down his interceptions and make him look him more confident as well.
3: He's yeah. playing like well, prime Dalvin Cook.
2: Yeah. Well, I think when the season gets longer, you, you know, you get these cold games coming in. You'll see him running a lot more, especially with Buffalo and that lake effect snow. You never know. One day it could be 60 degrees. Next day you're getting seven feet of snow so
1: well and that goes into our third highlight which I, I enjoyed very much so so um ufc 296 was this past weekend and the best fight on the card was not even in the ring um sean strickland and Dricus uh duplicy um south african contender uh for the middleweight championship uh they had some words at the uh press conference for their upcoming fight at UFC 297. And uh, some things were said that we can't say on here or else we would not be able to do another podcast.
3: Sure we can. They're quotes.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, to sum it up, Drekus du- said basically said that uh, Sean Strickland was touched by his dad and then Sean Strickland uh, called him a uh, a slur for a homosexual person uh so that like
3: once upon (laughs) once once every like press conference
1: yeah i was about to say it's it's pretty common um but then it got worse because somehow they managed to sit these guys 10 to 15 away from feet away from each other showed them on the broadcast showed dricus first then showed sean that was literally sitting 10 feet in front of him right And he turned around, Sean Strickland turned around, did the gun to him, and then Dreykus kept talking. Well, there was – they kept the camera on the guy. Sean Strickland told another fighter, Gilbert Burns, told his son to move nicely. He's like, hey, bud, I need you to move out of the way. As soon as Gilbert's son moved out of the way, he like – Eagle clawed him, like jumped on top of him and started raining down fists and elbows on top of the, of Duplessis. And then they had to be, um, they had to be separated. Uh, uh, what's his name? Dana Dana White came over, separated, told Sean to go to the back. As soon as it happened, Sean Strickland just turned it off. He was fine. He was good to go. He was like, ha yeah. He's like, talk, shit, get hit is literally what he said, and then just walked to the back and ended up leaving. <laughs>
3: my god dana sat them together and he came out (laughs) and he was like what stupid person would sit them that far oh yeah this stupid asshole me i did it
1: yeah he because he said that he did he does the seating arrangements for every single fight and he was like yeah what kind of idiot puts those two guys that close this one so um well, then we'll go, go into our lowlights, too. Um, just the results of UFC 296. The card, honestly, wasn't that great. Um, there, I mean, there was potential for the fights to be good, but when you look at them, I mean, number one, Tony Ferguson lost. Nobody nobody wanted to see that. Nobody wanted to see Tony Ferguson lose to Patty Pimblett, but he did. It was just – and it was also like a – it was kind of dominant, but it was boring. I mean, if I am I wrong, Nick, it was like
3: it, it was basically Tony taking shots the yeah. entire time. Like he'd take three, four shots, and then there'd be about forty five seconds to a minute of kind of just little well, sparring. And then Tony would take another three, four shots. I mean he, he only landed a couple like on Patty. And it was just very uh lackluster. It just we, we talked about it and it just We've talked about it before that Tony just seems one one step behind, but in this fight he was he just continued to look to counter, and in doing that he was two or three steps behind and would just get caught every single time Patty would throw something. I mean Patty had a he set a record for his most significant strikes in a a fight, and I mean Tony ate them all. Yeah, but he get knocked out. I mean seven in a row, Tony. Yeah, and with David David
1: Goggins in your corner, too. Yeah. So, um, now we will say the fight, the, uh, well, this fight was kind of one-sided, the Shavkat and yeah. rockmanoff Wonder uh, and Wonderboy fight, that was kind of one-sided. The co-main of the flyweights was actually not that bad, but then you got to the co-main of Colby Covington and Leon Edwards, and everybody expects Colby Covington to, I mean, he's a, Collegiate all-American wrestler at Iowa, thirty-one and 0 in wrestling in college. You expect him to wrestle? He didn't. He didn't try to take him down until like round three. Yeah. And the thing was, Leon took him down to, I guess, prove a point. But the fight itself was just boring. It's like, you know, I I, I appreciate wrestling in a sense. Like I can get behind. Like, oh, he's taking him down. He's actually working. You know, he's like peppering him with punches on the ground, but there was nothing going on. It was just like, wrapped him up, took him down, laid on him, stand up. And that was, that was it from um, realistically both sides. like (sighs) Covington had more action at the end of the fight in the fourth and fifth rounds, but the first three, it was just like Leon dominated, but it was like a, a, a boring domination. You know, so I, I don't. know. I, I I wouldn't really. I was not. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Yeah. So, second, uh, low light here is the game that just came on uh, before we uh, or just finished before we started uh, recording. Uh, Old Dominion blowing a twenty-eight to nothing lead against Western Kentucky. Uh, I know Kyle, you caught a decent bit of that game. Um what were your thoughts on that since you watched the entire game or most of it sickos, Um, (laughs)
2: Western Kentucky threw four interceptions. Uh, (laughs) um, And then fumbled with six minutes left down by seven, fumbled the ball. OD, you got it back. And I mean, that game should have been it. Then they had a field goal blocked. Went into overtime. Had another field goal blocked. And then lost. I mean, just... Just terrible. Sounds like I, I they just, got I,
0: hilltopped.
2: Yeah, but you know, it's one of those amazing, terrible games that you just love that you gotta watch. Because it was so terrible that it was great.
1: And then our... <laughs> final light. Is a combination of two NFL teams that we've kind of I, I kind of alluded to one of them, but uh I'll let I'll let Nick take away the first one. Uh Nick, if you would like to talk about the uh, Los Angeles Chargers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I can joke on any other team, I I can do it because I'm a Chargers fan. Uh Justin Herbert's out for the rest of the season. Uh, there, is, there is some some light at the end of the tunnel because we just fired Brandon Stanley. Uh, but Austin Eckler is one of the biggest disappointments this year. Keenan Allen can't continue to do it all on his own because he's getting hurt. Quentin Johnson is a bust. Uh, our first round, you know, draft pick, the wide receiver out of TCU looked amazing in college and then comes in, can't can't complete a pass or catch a pass. Uh, our best receiver right now, besides Keenan Allen, is Gerald Everett. You know, go Jags,
1: go Jags, South,
3: Easton Stick is ass. That pork, no, no run game whatsoever and even when like Austin Eckler would only rush for 50 yards he would still have like that one big run or he would you know score a couple times plus the receiving he's not doing he's not scoring he ran for a first down down with with Raiders already scoring 63 points and signals for the first down like congrats bud the chargers are abysmal and now it's more than likely going to happen that bill Belichick's going to come in and be the next coach at the chargers me that sucks that you know that really sucks
0: you know and like them firing Brandon Staley is such a so honestly a hot he was already on a hot seat for most of the year at this point and you know that was the nail in the coffin on his career as a charger however there's only one way you're going to make any money at all on on like uh, fan attendance in that stadium people are not going to go to watch chargers games so long as brandon staley is the is the head coach so It's good that they fired him just so that they could at least try to salvage a little bit of goodwill with the fans. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't bode well with uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, Grayson said a lot of it last week is, you know, Bill Belichick is just not growing with the times. He is is an old-school coach, and I don't know if that's going to jive well with uh, the Chargers. You can't go into Los Angeles and try to say, Oh well, we're gonna install the Charger way, like the Patriot
1: way. Like Justin
3: Herbert's such a good quarterback, and the Chargers are just squandering it.
1: Justin Herbert made Brandon Staley look like a competent coach.
3: Yeah, yeah, and
1: I mean, and they just compounded on it too with firing their GM too. Like so, they're. It it seems like I, I, I did not expect. The Chargers to be in the same conversation as what we talked about last week about teams in the worst spot. Yes, if we would have waited a week, the Chargers may very well have been in that conversation. But again, going back to that, they're they're a couple steps ahead of these other uh, organizations because they at least fired their coach and fired their GM and they're they've gone.
3: Meanwhile, Arthur Smith.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, uh going to the Falcons. Uh I know I know uh Caleb, you've been keeping up with the Falcons a decent bit like I have. So do you have any comments on the Falcons, especially them losing to the uh record based worst team in the league this past week, nine to seven?
0: Those damn thirty birds, man. Like something else. I swear, dude, like I, I... I'm so glad. I, I thank God every day. I'm not a Falcons fan. I wake Apparently up. Apparently, BB's not either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> BB is tuned out. I think BB would rather have some sort of foodborne illness than have to sit through a full four quarters of a Falcons game, especially with Arthur Smith as the head coach. So
3: I'm convinced BB doesn't watch football.
0: I like so. Th- th- I concur. This is sort. Of, this isn't really. Me, This isn't really me pulling from any particular sources or anything, but it's more so just looking at um, the Smith family at large. I mean, very, very wealthy family, founders of FedEx. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's a pretty affluent family, kind of like the Ford family owning the Lions. But with Arthur Smith being the head coach of the team and his dad being the owner, There's a lot of optics that go with firing your son as your head coach. Um, I don't think we're going to ultimately see a firing. I think we're going to see a um,
1: parting of ways,
0: a parting, either a parting of ways or they'll find some way to incorporate him into the front office. I'm wondering if maybe we don't see Arthur Smith get installed in the front office, maybe even as GM because I, I think so it would be very embarrassing for the team and very embarrassing for the Smith family beyond the team for Arthur Smith to be fired by his dad.
1: He's going to be he's going to be the uh, assistant to the vice president like uh, Dwight Schrute off the yeah. office. He's not going to be the assistant to the general manager or regional manager or he's not the assistant regional manager. He's going to be the assistant to the regional yeah. manager. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's going to be I get
3: coffee for people.
1: So, and and like, but you got to think though,
0: because this is, this is in all likelihood, Arthur Smith is going to be the future owner of the team. And how in God's name do you be taken seriously if you were fired yourself as head coach? Like, you know, Al Davis for the Raiders, he was the owner, general manager and head coach all in once, all at once at one point in time. So he's fired himself before, but you know, when you're the owner, you can kind of do that, but. When you're the owner's son, it's not a good look.
3: Well, I think he's given a worse look by the way he's coaching than just getting fired. No, I no, feel like no. At this I point agree. Being fired would help his cause. To no, I owner agree. One he's, day.
0: No, I agree. He's got to go. He's got to be fired. But I'm just I'm thinking that we're not going to see quick movement on it because there's there's a there's too many there's too much optics at play.
3: I mean, Arthur Smith is basically like Kyle if Kyle was a coach. You know, honestly,
0: especially without the mustache, like it it really is Kyle.
2: False. I would know when to fire a defensive coordinator. Anyways, uh, did y'all see the price of them tickets for that game? 49 cents.
1: 45.
2: 49 cents. cents.
1: Dang. Oh. All right. Well, that's going to get us our uh, uncivil debate. And we got a fun one this week. It's not really uh, based off of anything that we've seen in the NFL or college football this year. Uh, we're gonna go something to a little bit more. Uh, I guess sitting around talking. Um, about. Uh, we are going to debate our our best college foot, a uh, college football quarterbacks of the two thousands. So there's a lot of pe- people to pick from here. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it right before we got on. Um. We don't have BBs. BB, we didn't do a content meeting yesterday, so BB sent nothing. But um, we'll start with uh, – let's start with Kyle on this one because I feel like his is uh, like a more resounding one, like when you think of uh, 2000s quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I got the the man, Tim Tebow. Um, God sent him down to play football. <laughs> Uh yeah, so Tim Tim Tebow is second Tim. in the <laughs> <laughs> Old but Tim he is, Tim. <laughs> he's second in history of the NCAA with one hundred and seventy point eight uh career passing efficiency rating. Second of all time. Uh nine thousand and two hundred and eighty five yards through the air. And then you have another two thousand nine hundred and forty seven. Rushing yards, but the thing about his rushing is, when he would run, he'd hit. He he wasn't a QB that was known to like slide or any get out of bounds. He would lower his shoulder and hit you to the ground. Uh, you know, and we a lot of times we talk about stats and everything, but that's the kind of quarterback where if you're down by ten in the fourth quarter, you want him because he, he's driven to win. He wants to win, and it, he he'll put his team on his back to win you know um let it be if he's got a serial killer on his team or you know anything like that but Tim Tebow is easily the most competitive quarterback out of anybody I think that's ever played the game and that's just on the wheel to win and going back to stats itself he was putting up rushing numbers that are equivalent to great running backs so you know he he's the man dude. He's the man. It's Tim he's Tim. the first. Yeah, it's Tim, Tim.
1: <laughs> All right, let's uh let's move on um let's go to let's go to Caleb next. Uh, Caleb All had right. a, also a, also had an interesting one.
0: So, I'm picking Vince Young. You watch the guy play. The guy was physically imposing on the field.
1: Okay, okay.
0: He beat the he beat the Trojans when the Trojans were like on the cusp of a significant dynasty, Pete Carroll years. I mean, Reggie Bush. They played against Reggie Bush, and Vince Young was the key to success in that national championship game between the Trojans and the Longhorns. So, in two thousand and five, honestly, it, it's insane that it. It's a testament to how good Reggie Bush is that he managed to beat Vince Young out when it came to the Heisman um but well you look at you look at Vince Young Vince Young single-handedly was responsible for 38 touchdowns that year and in addition to that was averaging like 8 yards a play insane so Vince Young was a a he was a God amongst football players in his time at the university of Texas. And um, I don't think you can tell the story of college football since 2000 without mentioning Vince Young's name. So I'm picking Vince Young as my best quarterback of that time period. And I'd be interested to hear everybody else's
3: cam Newton. The thing about him that made him so special was it was obviously just the one season, uh, but arguably one of the best, maybe not statistically. I mean, he still had 4,300 total yards and 51 touchdowns. Um, He was like one of the only other uh, quarterbacks to do a 20 and 20 season like Tebow did, but he had 30 and 20, uh, 30 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns. Um, But yeah, I mean, almost 1500 yards on the ground is crazy for a quarterback. And, the thing that made cam so special and what makes his his season in my opinion the most memorable was that he was playing with like juco level players around him
1: yeah only and a two juco
3: other level players coach. yeah yeah gene <laughs> chizik he won gene Chiswick a national championship undefeated uh I mean, two other players ever stepped foot on a field. Only one other one ever actually logged a snap. And that was Saints legend Nick Fairley, uh, who had like, he had a heart condition and had to quit. Um, It was just karma for all the aneurysms he gave quarterbacks after the five second late hits. Uh, And then Lee Zimba, who was a, I think he was like left tackle, but again, he never registered a snap uh but yeah i mean cam basically did it all on his own at auburn and it was just like again taking the stat stats out of it when you saw him play it just it seemed like there was cam and then there was everybody else even on like the defense i mean it was very clear cut he was a better athlete and a better player than everybody else on the field uh and so i mean cam he was unstoppable so camp and obviously, again, the, the stats, I mean, 4,300 yards total is not a bad stat, but I know, Grayson, yours is statistically the best or well was before this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my guy I went with, uh, you, may, you may call him a one-hit wonder, but I went with Joe Burrow. Um. So obviously didn't do much at Ohio State, right? He logged. A total of – he went 22 for 28 in five games at Ohio State for 226 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So nothing really going there. Um, well, scratch that, I'm sorry. Two, at two years at Ohio State, he went 29 for 39 with two touchdowns, 287 yards. Then he went to LSU as a junior. Uh, he had a 57.8 completion percentage uh almost had hit 3,000 yards. He had 2894, um, 16 touchdowns and five interceptions. So when you look at those three statistics, you're like, okay, like this guy, like he's just gonna be a run of the mill quarterback that goes through college and becomes an insurance agent, like after he gets done, right? But then senior year hits two thousand nineteen at Louisiana State Louisiana State University. 402 completions off of 527 attempts. That is a 76.3 percentile uh, completion percentage. 5,671 yards. That is a 10.8 yards per attempt. On top of that, he had 60 touchdowns that year with six interceptions. And you know, everybody always talks about the Heisman moment for joe burrow is like not him making any plays it's his heisman was when he got like late hit by that guy from ucf on the interception and like basically red almost registered him unconscious and then he it snapped just like that they i think they were down behind ucf that game and they ended up yeah, coming that was back their
3: bowl game uh at the end of his junior year
1: Exactly, they were down behind that game, and that was when it clicked for him. So, Kyle, you said something about Tim Tebow. What was his what was his passer rating or his QBR? One hundred seventy point eight. So, Joe Burrow's uh, rating was one hundred seventy two point four overall. So, statistically, and I obviously I'm a big statistics guy, right? Like he had. I don't really think it's arguable. He probably had the best season so far that we've seen in college football, like as a quarterback, like being able to throw over 5,500 yards with 60 touchdowns in insane. And like, he had a a great team with him. Don't get me wrong, but to be able to do what he did in 15 games is just insane. I'm trying to, let me do the math right here. So 5,671 yards. Okay. 71 divided by 15, 378 yards a game. So, and, you know, we've seen that translate into the NFL a little bit when his issue right now is he can't really stay healthy. So, but just in terms of just overall QB play, like he's, uh, numbers don't lie. So, but. We'll do this right quick, and we'll move on into our – we'll go to our college football segment next uh, to keep with the topic. But after what y'all have heard today, right quick, who do y'all think was the best quarterback from from college in the 2000s?
0: I got to concur with Nick and say Cam Newton. I do. Um, Because when you look at all of the guys that we've named, um, with the exception of Joe Burrow, Cam Newton is the only one there that didn't have a household name as a head coach. Um, and, you know, like we talked about when Nick was there, he pretty much, you know, gave Gene Chiswick an undefeated season with a national championship. Um, Nick already preached about how they didn't have very much talent on that team. Um, and he was able to carry them to a national championship game against Oregon when Oregon was on fire. Like they they were the biggest juggernaut in college football of that time frame, so I'm thinking Cam Newton because even Vince Young, who I had argued he had Mac Brown, and Mac Brown's going to go down in history as one of the best head coaches to ever coach at the University of Texas. Um, so I got to go with Cam Newton. Joe Burrow had Ed Orgeron, who's you can, comparable to Gene Chiswick, albeit better than Gene Chiswick. but. Joe burrow also had tra- crazy good receivers, like absolutely amazing receivers at l s u um cam Newton never had that at auburn so i if i'm if i'm picking my best one, i gotta pick cam Newton because he made the biggest impact and had the less to least to work with
3: i concur
1: i i'm also going with Nick too i just like with with cam with uh the the fact that he was playing with junior high ball players the the entire time he was at auburn with the one season that he had i mean he he was auburn in the season of 2009 for the 2010 bcs championship game so yeah give me cam newton yeah give me cammy boy all
3: right i'm glad i was gonna be like matt (laughs) (laughs) leinhardt
1: give me lamar jackson um okay well that will get us into college football um we did not do well, uh hold on, let me see if I can find the uh there we go i gotta find the picks, okay, so we did not do well uh we went um I also spilled water on this uh one two, three four, five so, we went nine for twenty five um on our bowl game picks uh this past week, so our percentage went down by a total of uh 2.2 2 percentage points off of 76 games that's not good um so we're going to try to do a lot better this week our games this week are uh Troy versus Duke South versus Eastern Michigan uh Georgia Tech versus UCF James Madison versus Air Force which could potentially be the best game of the week and then Utah versus Northwestern um let's go Pick by pick, starting with Kyle,
2: it'd be a cold day in hell before I pick Troy Trojans to win a football game. Give me Duke, baby,
0: all right, Caleb, give me Duke even without their head coach, and even without their their you know best quarterback they've had in at least fifteen years, yeah, I'm taking Duke Tuck
3: froy Nick Troy Duke.
1: Yeah, I'm not giving them any of my air time, so Duke. Uh, next game, South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. Let's start with uh, Caleb on this one. South
0: Alabama.
1: Not no. said.
2: I mean, why the hell would you even want to live in Michigan? So give me the Jags, baby.
3: Bitch, you're right next to it.
2: Yeah, but we're better in every kind of way.
3: Except well, besides the, except the college football
0: and NFL because they and have NFL Detroit. football, yeah, and baseball none of that
2: really, matters. of that matters. Oh, hold on, slow down there, Kim Masson.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> hit a heartstring there,
3: Nick. Uh, okay, I will take a second because it's very easy, and I am saying yes, the Jags are going to win, but. I'm going to be a realist here. The Jags have never won a bowl game. I would love to see it happen. But the Jags love to rip my heart out. I'll be in attendance of the game. We will see. But South always does this bullshit. And they should win these games. And then... They blank. So it's gonna be a tough one. But I'm still Go Jags. I think they'll win. But if it's gonna be a dog fight. You
0: don't know what you're talking about. South Alabama beat Oklahoma State 33 to six. Thirty three to six. Oklahoma State then beat Oklahoma. To, Oklahoma beat yeah. Texas. Texas beat Alabama. You're South right. Alabama's better than Alabama or Texas.
2: And Georgia. And
1: Georgia.
3: And so then just, you just put Central Michigan on top of them. And then, bam, you have the playoffs.
1: So, I just found out why we're playing Eastern Michigan. Because Eastern Michigan lost to Central Michigan 26-23. to 23. My God. That was the common denominator. Central Michigan was our common denominator. My God. So, this game may, game may end in a tie. But uh with my prediction, they don't have a win over a uh Power Five school. They lost to Minnesota 25 to 6. Um, they only beat UMass 19 to 17. They lost 21 to nothing against Jacksonville State, which I refuse to think that Jacksonville State would beat South Alabama this year. Hell no, they would never. The only team that they Oh, they beat they lost to Toledo 49 to 23, lost to Western Michigan 45 to 21, and then won a barn burner of a two overtime game by a field goal to Akron. The zips. no, nah, South Alabama, all the way. South and mouth paws and draws. Next question, which is actually really uh, this is gonna be an interesting game to pick. Uh Georgia Tech versus Central Florida. Uh let's start with let's start with Nick on this one.
3: Central Florida. Uh one of my favorite quarterbacks is probably playing his last game, John Rice Blumley. Uh, this generation's Taysom Hill. Uh statistically UCF has the best offense in the nation. Uh they're averaging close to four hundred rushing yards a game. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And they are not a triple option. They are a spread. It's Gus Malzon's offense. Uh, their problem has been the defense and turnovers. Uh, so, and, and I'll, Haynes King has played very well for Georgia Tech. It's going to be a close game, but I think UCF's offense is going to give them the edge. They have two 1,000 yard rushers. Well, they might be up to three now, uh, which is insane. Uh, so give me a UCF in a very high-scoring game.
1: Uh, let's go with Cal.
2: Yeah, um, I think Georgia Tech wins this. I think they win it by keeping UCF's uh offense off the field, running out that clock, picking up your four yards of carry, and just grinding it out. I, I don't think it's gonna be a high-scoring game because of that. I think these are going to be long eight minute drives and you know, it's Georgia tech grinds it out and wins it at the end by a one score game.
1: Uh, what about you, Caleb?
0: I think Nick said it all. I'm taking Gus Malzahn and the golden Knights as well.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to actually take Georgia tech. Um, the only, the only thing, uh, the two negative things I will say about Haynes King is they've thrown 15 interceptions this year. Uh, he's also taken 15 sacks for negative 93 yards. That being said, um, their top rusher uh, has 931 yards rushing. Haynes King has 648 yards rushing. Uh, their third leading rusher has 439 yards rushing, and then their fourth has 274. So um, I... And it's funny because almost, they're almost – they're almost an air raid team because they're pretty balanced. Uh, Haynes King has 2,784 yards pa- – or the team has 2,784 yards passing. And they have 2,365 yards rushing. So I think – I think I'm going to take Georgia Tech in this one by Joyless Murderball. Um. That will get us into James Madison and Air Force. Uh let's start with the odd guy out here. Uh spoiler alert, Kyle.
0: Can we just skip him because this is about to be the most ignorant shit we've ever heard all season?
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean
2: my reason against going against James Madison, I just think the moment first bowl game is going to be too big. And I think Air Force is
0: Kyle. Kyle, They're, a good, running They're a good
2: running look team. They're good running team. Look at me.
0: Look at me. That's I want you to tell me. Big
2: ass head you got.
0: I want you to tell me. Virtually, look me in my eyes and tell me that Air Force has a better team than JMU.
2: I'm not saying that, but what it comes down to is any Saturday kind of philosophy. So so so
0: you're picking you're picking
2: oh, Air Force to hey, so upset JMU hey, just cause. Hey, who who's who's <laughs> fucking pick is this right now? <laughs> all right, so shut the fuck up. Alright. Like I'm, I'm saying, just
0: saying it all so that, so like, that Nick like doesn't have to uh, like beyond speech speed
2: say- right now. I, hey motherfucker. Like I was saying, James Madison's gonna come into this game. Lights too bright. Air Force wins it out. I think they're a better discipline team.
3: Well, I'm going to pick the team that has not lost four straight in James Madison. Uh, Air Force has looked dog shit the last four weeks. Uh, James Madison has looked good all season long. So I don't think it's just another Saturday that oh, well, anything can happen. I mean, you look on trends and just Outright play. James Madison is a much better team. Uh, I would say more physical. Uh, I mean, Air Force, they've got the triple option. That's cool. I mean, this isn't the 30s, though. You know, all right, well, I'm going to take James
1: Madison in a Jason Henderson legacy game.
3: I have a very bad news for you, Grayson. Oh, no. No, 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 We might want to clip that because he is part of the Old Dominion Monarchs.
1: He didn't record a stat in the game earlier.
3: I don't think he played.
1: You're probably waiting for... God damn it. We talked about this earlier, Nick.
3: I know. I thought of, I thought we were right. We were not.
2: Oh no.
1: Thanks, Madison. <laughs> Moving on. Um Utah versus Northwestern. Uh one of Ugh. The only uh, Power Five schools that we have actually on this uh, on this this pick this week they're all the what third, yeah they're three of the ten teams are Power Five and or I guess four with Utah Northwestern. Um, so let's start off with Caleb. Let's start off with Caleb first.
0: Uh, Utah, I got I got to pick Utah. Uh, Northwestern. It's been so damn long since. I mean, it's it's probably been since the 50s when Northwestern was last a fixture. So, yeah,
1: I got to pick Utah. Utah is going to dominate them. Uh, So, I'm going to actually pick Northwestern, and the only reason why is because we continue to pick Utah when Cam Rising never came back. So, I'm not going to pick Utah despite picking against Cam Rising. So, I'll start picking them again when they uh, actually – when he plays since he's coming back for his seventh year.
3: Um, Nick. Utah. You top by like seventeen. Northwestern is just gross. It's yeah, it's
0: a it's a different it might as well be a different league.
1: Yep. All right. Well, moving on to the NFL, uh we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Kyle are you taking?
2: Yeah, um, Northwestern's going to abuse Utah more than Northwestern abuse their own players in the showers. <laughs> so, yeah, give me Northwestern there.
0: What is the shower story? Where the f*** did that come from? Did you
2: not hear about the hazing story that got their head coach fired? <laughs> when did
0: that happen?
2: It's been happening for years. They fired the whole coach and everything. Pat Fitzgerald.
3: No, I never heard of that.
2: i have to look that
3: up. You Canadians do some weird s***. Sh- swear.
2: All right. I don't even know where uh Chicago.
3: Yeah, it's Chicago. Yeah. That's yeah, right up your alley.
2: I don't ever say that again.
3: All right, moving on
1: to the NFL. Tim, Tim. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh we did better this week in NFL, I know for a fact. Um Only one person got the Tampa Bay game right. That was me uh just had to throw that in there uh so six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen out of twenty five can't really complain there um we're up to 51.7 percent getting away from that 50 50 line but we got what two weeks what what, what week are we at oh we've got like
3: four weeks to Yeah, go. we've got four weeks before wild cards
1: all right well we've still got time screwed up um Let's see. Kyle is at 34 and 41. Caleb is right there teetering on uh, the 500 mark at 38 and 37. Knicks at 46 and 29. DB is at 34 and 41. And I'm at 42 and 23. Uh, games this week is going to be uh, Baltimore versus San Francisco, uh, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, the Lions and the Vikings, the Steelers and the Bengals, and then. Uh, the Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. So let's start off with uh, Kyle and go through all of your picks.
2: Yeah. Uh, San Francisco going to beat Baltimore. They're just a juggernaut right now. Uh, give me Dallas. These two teams are the teams. Whenever they play anybody over 500, they lose. So should be fun to see that one. Um, Detroit. I mean, Minnesota. Doesn't have it figured out, so give me Detroit on that one. Give me Pitt just because I don't know. I it like Randolph
3: Legacy game. You're a thicko. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> give me Jax over Tampa Bay just out of spite right now. That's that's about it.
1: <laughs> good, good for you. Oh god, at least they're not. At least they are not playing in the AFC. Well, if they were playing an NFC North team, we'd probably win. So specifically the Green and Yellow one. But anyway, uh, Caleb, your picks next.
0: Yeah, starting it off for Baltimore and San Francisco. I'm taking San Francisco. But I mean, yeah, that's enough said. I'll just do San Francisco. Keep this ass keep this moving. Um, so Dallas and Miami, I'm going to take, uh, Dallas in that game. Uh, Miami has been exposed. They are, they are definitely not the same caliber team as a Dallas or a San Francisco or even a Buffalo for that matter. Um, going on to Detroit, Minnesota, I'm taking Detroit. Um, Minnesota's just on a down, uh, on a downward spiral. We talked about that last week, um, For Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm taking Cincinnati uh, and Tampa Bay versus Jacksonville.
1: All right. Goes to you, Nick. Uh,
3: San Francisco uh, is going to beat Baltimore. Just look at the cities. Um, And then Dallas is going to beat Miami. Miami is good when they play bad teams. Dallas is okay when they play good teams. Uh, And I think Dallas's defense really comes out on a rebound game uh, since the Bills game. Uh, Detroit is, again, just – again, I I still have them as my sleeper team uh, to go far in the playoffs. And Minnesota – Nick Mullins is not going to lead Minnesota to a win here against – Detroit uh, I've got Cincinnati versus Pitt I think Cincinnati is going to win uh, a big reason is because Jake Browning really kind of played his heart out and played very well and Joe Mixon is picking it up and so I think Cincinnati is having a much better uh, outings I guess you could say than Pittsburgh's superstars, Um, and Mason Randolph is getting the start this week, who's not started since last year, Uh, so I think they're just confused with the quarterback situation, and I just don't see much performance out of Pittsburgh. I think the best chance is their defense keep them in, Uh, and then I've got Tampa Bay beating Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, they haven't looked great. They they've been a very inconsistent team, and they they'll win some some three four games in a row and then they'll lose two or three in a row. In uh, Jacksonville, I think just slipping a little bit, uh, and so th- just their cores aren't there. Uh, and so I think uh, I think Tampa Bay is kind of getting hot, and so I think Rashad White is a big reason. Uh, I mean, Baker's playing great, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking away from him, but Rashad White is doing every single bit right. Like he's doing everything right as a receiver, as a running back. I mean, and then you've got obviously the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin tandem, so and they're getting their tight ends involved a lot with Kate Otten and uh was it Kraft or Creef? Something some yeah. I don't know. Another their backup tight ends. Logging good catches as well, so Tampa Bay all
1: right, well, that gets to me um so I'm gonna take uh San Francisco over Baltimore. The reason I'm taking uh San Francisco is because they uh baltimore Baltimore is gonna gonna have like mistakes they you know they're gonna have like a turnover, they're gonna make mistakes, and they play well in games when their defense and their offense can also abuse the mistakes that the other team makes. Um, That being said, I don't think San Francisco is going to make a lot of mistakes. I think they're just a – they're a machine. And and just unless they – unless they just screw up this week and, like, just are not clicking on all cylinders, uh, I see San Francisco winning pretty handily. Uh, Dallas and Miami, guys, do you know what time of the year it is? It is time for Dallas to start disappointing their fans because the Bills blew them out and they are about to get blown out by Miami because it is time for them to blow their lead because they technically right now, if they're not leading, they're now tied with the, well, I think it depends on this game, actually, the uh, Eagles and uh, Seahawks game, but uh, they're right there on the cusp of being the NFC East top team. And it is time, that time of year, where they're going to blow the lead. They're going to blow it to the Eagles, and they make a first-round exit. So uh, the downward slope of the Dallas Cowboys starting now. So I'm picking Miami. Detroit versus Minnesota. Um, yeah, Minnesota's about to be bad. They're about to be really bad over the next four weeks. It's not going to be pretty. Give me Detroit. Pitt, Pitt and Cincinnati. Pitt's about to be even worse that, I mean, they can't figure out their situation. I talked with I talked with Hayes about this the other day. Honestly, I think it's going to be beneficial to them if they part ways with Mike Tomlin. Not because Mike Tomlin is a bad coach, but he's got a shitty group of players that he's taking, and he's going to have them. He's going to win games with them. He's a good coach. So, they're not going to be able to rebuild. They're going to have the 15th pick every year because they're going to be middle of the pack and they can't make any moves unless they make big free agency or trades. So, Cincinnati's going to win. Like, I I don't care if Jake Browning plays. I don't care if Kyle plays. I don't care if BB goes out there and throws the ball. Like, they're going to be pit. Um, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, I no longer have to die on the Jacksonville 13 and four shield anymore and then being the first uh, team in the AFC uh, that I've made at the beginning of the year because that's not going to happen. I'm dead and buried in that one. So give me my hometown Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Jacksonville in a 14-point win. I think I think uh, Tampa Bay's defense is going to... I don't think ETN's not is going to be able to do much. Calvin really is not going to do much because he's so inconsistent. Uh, Christian Kirk. Might be questionable for the game. Might be hurt if I'm not mistaken. I might be thinking yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. But,
3: <laughs> but Christian Kirk balls exploded. <laughs> he's out for the season.
0: Yeah, he had uh, testicle torsion.
1: Um. Yeah, okay. He's
3: not playing.
1: I know. Okay. Well, so there, there goes, there goes their most consistent receiver. Give, give, give me Tampa Bay by two touchdowns. Um. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. It's your turn for your oop of the week. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Now it is time for everybody's favorite segment except for uh, now BB and Nick. Uh, Kyle's out-of-pocket pick of the week. Uh, you got an interesting one this week. Yeah. Um, I'm picking this because yeah.
2: every time the Bills win a big game, they blow it the next week. I got the Chargers beating the Bills. I think the Chargers rebound the after that f- embarrassing
3: loss is going. To... Where's their <laughs> offense going to come from? I want to hear. I want to hear your your thoughts.
2: Oh, it's more about Josh Allen's going to throw three picks. Is
0: Easton Stick going against... to be able to score even a touchdown, Kyle?
2: I'm sticking by my word. Chargers. Kyle, Beep one boom.
0: team has to score more points than the other. If the other doesn't score points, they can't win.
2: Yeah, Chargers are going to win. Put it now.
0: There's that just because philosophy.
1: Yeah, man. It, I'm nice telling ball. you, dude, it's the nuh-uh defense. Yeah. Kyle knows ball. Kyle, Kyle knows ball. <laughs> Kyle was right, question
3: mark.
2: <laughs> hey, 2-0 and oh in NFL right now.
1: Hashtag Kyle
3: called it. Yeah, you have this hide for worst record.
1: No, nah, those don't count. Oh, okay. Well, do you do you want to talk about the college picks too?
2: Hey, we're in a dynasty league, so I'm looking forward to next year with my picks. Uh, you know, I'll recruit better, and there you go.
3: You just compared the alphabet to numbers. What? What? <laughs> we're talking about our picks.
2: Hold on, I ain't doing too bad in college. I'm 44 and 32. That's some bullshit.
1: You still have the
3: worst record? Yeah, that's the worst.
2: Alright, I'm <laughs> still above 50. At least I would have put Florida State in the playoffs. That's all I got to say.
0: Kyle, we literally practically had an entire episode where all of us said that.
2: Well, there you go. I do know ball. We didn't say it because you said it. We said it because we we all are agreeing with me. So there you go. In the end, Chargers beat the Bills. Write it down. Twenty bucks. It is. It's written down. There,
1: We have it on the script.
2: All right. here, Here,
0: here's the thing. Here's the thing. If the Chargers beat the Bills, we do a podcast next week where we're all muted. And it's just Kyle the entire time. And Kyle gets to assume what we're saying. I don't want to
3: do that to our couple of viewers.
0: Well, it's okay, Nick, because because if, uh, if the Chargers lose, Kyle has to be muted for the entire
1: podcast. No, I like your idea, Kayla, because if we do that, you're not factoring in the wild card off the top rope of BB not being on right now. So it would just be BB and Kyle going back and forth for an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, we would nah, have to get,
3: uh-huh, nah, uh-huh.
1: yeah, we would have to get subtitles for the episode. But it was—I'll <laughs> get my but, carpal tunnel by the way,
0: braces by the and way, I'll, uh, I'll get ready to do the close captioning.
2: By the way, to our viewers, uh, Kyle and BB's baseball park podcast coming soon.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. That might actually be the most entertaining thing we have. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to end episode 17 of the Jetboard Podcast. Everybody go listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I like how I say this at the end when you've already listened to it and you already found it. But anyways, go listen to our other stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Go check out the Instagram and the Twitter. And until next time, casuals, don't get hard counted.